We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. And good morning, San Diego. You are listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I am David Ross along with Mark Mahady and George Allman. Ken is off today. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right so far. It's early. It's early, the so day it's hard can, to tell. The day could change at any moment, but at this moment... Life is good. Life, yes. is, life is good. I'm, I'm with you guys. Brendan's in there with that big, cheery smile on his face. And he's and, awake. And he's awake. And uh, and there's no KFC in the building, as far as we know. How was your morning? Well, it was very nice out. I got to visit uh, another rat this morning on my way down to the chicken coop. He said hi. He said hi. Well, she, yes, he said hi. The mulberries are plentiful, and they are enjoying them because you're not picking them quickly enough. I'm not picking them quickly enough. Um, but it was nice and cool out this morning. And we've had a significant amount of warmth the last few weeks. Right. And I think we're going to have a significant amount of warmth the next week. Well, it's supposed to cool down a bit. It's going to be in the, in the high 70s next week as opposed to the high 80s and low 90s. Well, if you're talking high 70s, then you're along the coast. You're not, I'm not talking you're not, San Diego proper. Yeah. The okay. official San Diego weather. The people For the people that live at the airport? The people that live just around the airport. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, but it's supposed to be a little bit cooler and a little bit warmer. And I saw on the weather that the low temperature in Campo last night or the night before, it got down to 38 degrees. Are you serious? Really? Yeah. The the nights have cooled off nicely. One of our folks from Poway, um, Adams, was saying that it was 49 and 50 the last two nights up where he lives in Ramona. Oh, wow. That's that's good sleeping weather. That's cool. And the heat is fine, as I may have mentioned once before, maybe twice. That as long as, long as, as you sleep, can sleep, it's okay. Yeah. I think I heard it once. Yeah, I just remember it really well because yeah. of the one time you said I, it. I, I must have given it such great emphasis that you <laughs> indeed it stuck in your mind. It did. Uh, do we have any classes coming up? We have classes almost always. Yes, in San Diego at nine o'clock, they're doing staghorn remounting with Olivia. I need to redo a couple of mine. I need to get at that. Maybe I should attend her class. Yeah, um, maybe you should. However, however, if you avoid my class and attend her class, it's be, going to create issues. Heckness to pay. Yes. Um, in Poway at 9.30, we have um, bees with uh, Denise Bienis. 
She is the vice president of the San Diego Beekeepers Society, and that class will be really focusing on native bees and bringing pollinating, bringing bees into your yard with flowers, but she's going to touch on European honeybees as well. And next week, carnivorous plants with Hong of the San Diego Carnivorous Plant at San Diego at 9, and in Poway, staghorn fern care and remounting with David Ross. Okay, I'll probably go to that one if I need to. But only tune because up. it's closer to it's home. It's just easier to get to, and not because like of the drive. quality of the instructor. <laughs> We're going to have issues. I can tell. We are going to have issues. David's going to be doing a class in Poway? David's doing a class. So if you, if you want to see the, the face behind the voice. <laughs> No, <laughs> but you probably don't. But if you, if, I'll you're, wear, if I'll, you're curious, I'll, I'll, re, I'll rehash COVID policy. I'll wear masks. There you go. So that everybody is safe. So we have Staghorn class this week with Olivia in San Diego. And next week with David in Poway. So either way, you're covered. Yeah, exactly. And maybe. Why don't you go to both? And see who's better. I mean, see, see if I can learn well, different we'll techniques. Just dis- yes, yes. And then we could discuss it after. Actually, I, I've, <clears throat> I've attended so many of yours that I, I just remount mine by myself. I've oh, got that yourself. pretty much wired now. No pun intended. <laughs> I've got it fish-lined, not wired. Yeah, remember back in the day that everybody used to use chicken, or, uh, chicken wire? Yes, and yeah, we still it. pay the price for it's that true. today because when so you go into remount, there's little sharp edges of oh, rusty wire. metal. Oh, it's yeah. really great. Yeah. <laughs> Ants, spiders, and sharp, rusty metal. It's a yeah. wonderful place to be. It's a wonderful mix. I use fishing line like everybody else. The only thing I do different than you is I use screws instead of nails. For the for the pins to hold the... To hold the wire on each right. edge. I just, the wire? I mean, yeah, the fishing line. I, I like to do that as well, but I don't usually do it because it's extra work. You have to go look for something. But I like to use screws on the boards rather than nails. I like to put the boards together because I think they, not I think, because they, they do, last they hold, longer. Yeah, they hold yeah. longer. Concur. Especially as the plants get heavier. bigger and bigger and heavier and like to, to fall off. Um, yes, they do. We had an interesting, well, it's not that interesting, but we had a conversation at the nursery yesterday because there are three people that Adams, you and I were discussing the harvesting of spicy nectoplums. And I haven't had a spicy for over a month. Adams just had his last one or his first one. I think he said first and I said we had our last. It's interesting when you talk about microclimates, right? And and how things ripen. And it's so different just between your place and mine. And it would look, I know Poway is a long way from Rancho, Rancho San Diego, Spring Valley, Hummel Corners, but I expect it in Ramona. That's different. You're in a totally different area, but it just it is interesting to see how clearly different and our ripening times of other other fruit trees and even yours in your own. Yeah, as we yard. mentioned before, the the Katie apricot's a good example. We have two. And they're spaced significantly apart, and one of them is completely finished before the other ripens in the same yard. So you want to talk about microclimates. Will we? No, I said if you want to, you can talk about well, microclimates. Why don't you say something well, I mean, about people, When we speak to people and we say, right. where do you live? They say, oh, right here, it's the same exact weather as here. Say, well, it's not. I mean, there is no same exact. There are eleva- slight elevations in your yard will cause the plants higher on the hill to have more heat than those at the bottom, which are going to have more cold drainage, reflected heat off of a wall, a fence, etc. Shadows all when make, the sun is lower in make, the sky. Yeah, 
It makes All huge that. differences, and people just they think of well, I'm in San Diego, so it's the same as San Diego, and it's not the case. Yeah, it's like oh, it gets sun like everything else. Well, maybe not. It is just ten feet from that plant. Right. Everything is exactly the same, <laughs> and we water them by hand, so we do it exactly the same at each plant. We we have hammered that so much, and I, I may have shared this before, but Capri and I went for a walk. And there were two hibiscus in the neighborhood. One of them was thriving and the other not so much. And they were about seven feet apart. And Capri stopped and said, look, this is what you guys were talking about. This one is thriving and it's in partial shade in the afternoon. And she so it's clearly it's getting enough water. This other one needs a bunch more water. It's exactly what you guys talk about all the time. So at least one person has heard what we said. <laughs> and, and, listened. And, and listened. And it has penetrated. It sense, yes. Yeah, it doesn't sometimes it just doesn't sit well with people no that because they may have something perfectly. to yeah. do with it yeah and that's the that's the key is not well it appears as though this plant isn't getting enough water i know it sounds like it is and how many times have we had that conversation and Every where day. somebody Answers the questions all. Oh, I'm watering it plenty. Everything's perfectly, fine. but they get down into the details where it is. But the plant doesn't look like it, so no. probably it's not. But most people, as you as you drill down and, and start walking through, kind of doing the forensics with them, and then you start talking about the amount of water that it may be getting. So you often see a light bulb go off, an aha moment. I guess, yeah, you know, I, I need to go look at that because you're right. That one's in the shade, so it doesn't need as much water as this one that's not doing as well. But then I know they get the same amount because they're in the same drip system, the same emitters. But that one in the sun probably needs an extra two or three gallons or something. And right. this light goes off and they're happy. And I'm going to go check that out. I'll I, get back with you. I wish that light bulb would go off more often. I okay. agree. I yeah. I did have a conversation with somebody yesterday about ginormous, expensive king palms that had been brought in by a ginormous, we'll plant the trees for you company that were having problems. And it looked drought stressed, but the picture I was looking at was months old. It's not even the concerns that they had, but they had black lava rock over the top. And that's, I don't know where the, Damage caused by the heat that the lava rock transmits into the soil is offset by the, is there any insulating effect in the heat of summer? I guess it will keep moisture from coming out directly, but it's heating the soil, which is going to yeah. cause more moisture to come out. I, I don't know. Yeah, I need to look into that more because my my initial thought would be that even if it's not pushing heat down into the soil, the reflected heat is going to cause the plant to need more water. Well, it's going to radiate heat. Right. It's going to heat right. the so area. That area is going to be hotter. But I would expect it to transfer yeah. it to the soil. I, I suggest yeah. they go home and check and just see if it, the soil was warm or not. I hadn't thought about it in the terms of just radiating more heat there. Well, I think yeah. about that often with plants that are people put in their gardens and then they water it X, X numbers, but there's reflected heat. There's heat all night long where the plant's going to Because it's going to continue radiating. Yeah. Right. It's little. I mean, those There's, are little things like that. That well, that, the the overarching term is the microclimate, correct? And getting people to understand the microclimates in their yard. And there are numerous, especially right. if you have a some property. I mean, if you have a little quarter acre, you know, a cup, there, there's going to be something just with some shade. But if you've got like a slope in your yard, you're going to have much colder air in the winter at the lower part of your slope. 
So put your tropicals higher on the hill. Those kind of things make a huge difference. I agree. I know yep. you do. Okay. We have this conversation. We've had it once or twice before. <laughs> and we've had lots of, well, Adam's brought in bags. Well, Roy, Farmer Roy brought in a crate of tomatoes and and Adam's brought in bags of tomatoes. He said he planted 60 tomato plants this year. And wow. I don't take care of six. Right. How do you take care of 60? And he's done the, the tomatoes were they look gorgeous. Yeah. They were really good. And they were early girls. And I love the firm skin. So it's you can eat it almost like an apple. Right, and right. Seeds from an apple don't go shooting out over your shirt <laughs> and stuff. But it, it's, I really like that. And there are a lot of people that don't. They want soft skin on a tomato. I don't like that. It makes it harder to slice too. Yes, I agree. Well, if you have a nice sharp knife, you can. Mm. I do have a nice sharp knife. There we knife. go. And you can do it. Stop your wanking. <laughs> yeah, I guess I have to get the sharp knife out and use it. I, um, I've i been harvesting autumn, autumn royal apricots this last cool. week. They're they're doing quite well. The There's so much more fruit on it this year from both winter and rain, but I watered it last year. I, we need a late season apricot because we're done with apricots. This is just coming. I'm, they're not even quite ripe yet, but I, they're they're perfect. That is the key to a good piece of fruit. You've got to be able to eat it while it's green. You are listening to Garden <laughs> yeah. Talk here on AM 1170 KCBQ. If you would like to give us a call, the number here is 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. And we are back with more Garden Talk here on AM 1170 KCBQ. And I apologize to KPRZ. I did not say them before we went out into the break. If you would like to give us a call, the number here is 888-344-1170. when we went into the break, we were talking about, what were we talking about? Apricots. Things and you ripening. need a good late season, late season apricot. And you, Mark, said. I was just saying my brother was, uh, he was up in Palmdale, and he was saying this year he finally harvested some cherries. And he said they were fantastic. He was very excited about it. Do you know what varieties by chance? Uh, like one of the low I wasn't chairs. going to ask him. No, that. Well, I said by chance. Spot. He can just say no. I don't know, yeah. but I think it's the, what's the one that's uh, self Royal Crimson's Royal, the self fruitful low chill. I think it was Royal Crimson. Let's just go with Royal. Crim- I think yeah. it was a Royal Crimson. Yeah, yeah, I remember him telling me that the other day. <laughs> there we go. Settled. Yeah, settled science. Um, he was very excited about it, though. So, you know, the important. I was asking you if it was because of the rain and right. the weather, and it might have been partially due to that. But the the big, the important time for a fruit set is now, because now the flower buds are forming on the plants. And if you start stressing your plants in the summer yeah. right now, then you won't get any blooms First thing next year. Go, right? That's and why so we can maybe, use a good August rain. Yeah. Or... Um, 
Water or water, but a nice August rain would be lovely. I have noticed so much new growth on my all my fruit trees since I put down that mulch. layer of mulch. Yeah. yeah, I had, huh? <laughs> and so I, I haven't. I've watered less often, but that same water has lasted longer. Encouraged yeah. growth, isn't it's that amazing, amazing? What you can learn yeah. from people when you listen. <laughs> You can learn a lot from a dummy. <laughs> Fasten well, you, your you, safety you belts. You walked our, the property a, a while back, and so that everything ha, everything has mulch around the base, and then many of them have it further out. We just haven't had the opportunity to get it all the way out yet, which is our ultimate goal. I submit to you that you've had the opportunity, but you have not prioritized it. Oh, there you go. That may be true as well. Okay. Now, you're going to do it across the whole lower 40, or you just mean expand the basins? Well, where the fruit trees are, that entire like orchard, if you will, is going to be mulched from corner to corner. Yeah. A, a friend of mine, he lives a couple of blocks away, put in a bunch of trees, and he mulched the whole thing. There's wood chips over that entire area, and it... <laughs> As much as I hate to admit it, it looks pretty darn good and clean. There's no it, it weeds. It makes a big difference. Yep. It makes a huge yeah. difference. Um, your recommendation to talk to that your tree trimmer and getting that load dumped at my house was wonderful. Genius. Genius. He, Pure genius. I, I love that guy. He does a great job for us. But unfortunately, he does 90% of his work on your end of the world. And so I haven't had a lot of... Drops up at my end. Do you know what comes yeah. to mind when you say that? What's that? <laughs> neener, neener, neener. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's and what that's comes a to mind. Response. <laughs> he, uh, I expected no less. His, he lives about ten minutes from me. Right. So they do most of the work easy. down I'm, on I'm, that I'm end. getting ready to let him know I could use another another <laughs> drop soon. But um, so he talked cherries um, ripening. You were talking mulberries in your apricots. What else is ripening? What else do you have in your yard? Crazy. Well, citrus. I still have mandarins. I don't think I have. Any other – I'm looking around my yard in my head right now. I don't think I have any other I think fruit. We, I think we have about maybe eight Valencia oranges left. That's it No, as I far have, as citrus goes. I have no orange, but I have lots of mandarins still. I still have plenty of pixies, and there are some J. Mercat Alfur that are ripening as well. And they, the J. Mercat Alfur, are right next to my my tiger fig, my panache fig, huh. which is going to bring Figs, us to which pain. are going to bring us to pain, right? And why is that? Because I fear I'm not going to get a single ripe fig off of any of my fig trees this year. The black fig fly has. Is on all well. It's on the two larger figs, the black mission and the tiger fig. Next to them is a celestial fig, and the fruit's still small on those. They don't get as big, and I haven't noticed them there. But last week, per recommendation of UCIPM, according <laughs> to George, yes, that was said with attitude, with a little attitude. Significant we'll talk attitude. about off the air later. Um, and I picked him up, and I bagged them and I threw them in the trash but there's a significant number now and what I don't understand is they have exit holes on them why do I have to pick them up is that to make me feel good like I'm doing something that's going to help but I don't do do tell you you defend their position George well I think it's the, the, even though there's exit holes there's still the opportunity that there might be some more larvae in there that have not gotten their wings to fly away and so you can help potentially reduce the populations by throwing away the figs 
it is such – it would remind me of spitting into the ocean if anyone <laughs> yeah, were ever I, to do such a thing. Yes. Because I did find some on the tree last week, and I peeled them open, and there were – Three maggots in one and four or five in another on the tree, oh, not on, on the, the ground, got it, on got the it. tree. Um, and last night in anticipation of this moment, mm-hmm. I took one um, with some exit holes on the tree and opened them up and I found no no larva inside. But if this persists, the, the fruit is not even getting close to ripening and it's dropping. And I don't envision getting any what are we going to do about this well sadly at this point using the uh, university of riverside department of entomology nothing they're still struggling to come up with a fix they don't know the they they've, the studies haven't found a natural predator yet and because they're so far into the fig chemicals that you spray on it's not they're not useful at this point i don't i um when they say to pick up the fruit and put it away, I think that's just a, that's a feel good. Maybe a so. Feel good yeah. thing. And I may I may get ten percent or one percent, but if ninety percent are still proliferating, well, I, I would and, argue if ten percent are still there, it's going to be a problem. Yeah, because so. they, they yeah they're going to repopulate. The thing we we're trying to do, much like the um, quarantine for HLB, the Wang Long Bing disease on citrus, is we're trying to keep this fly from getting into the Central Valley, where ninety percent of the figs in the U.S. are grown because that will be a problem. I could offer you an irresponsible counterpoint to that, but I shan't. (laughs) Um, With great power comes great responsibility. There's a lot of different pests that we're dealing with right now. HLB is is the big one, the Huang Long Bing, spread by the Asian citrus psyllid, and we, I think, admonished everyone last week to make sure they check their trees and treat. I haven't seen very much psyllid this year since spring. Since March, I think. I don't think we've seen much either as far as customers bringing them in. But I have seen a ton of citrus leaf miner now. I think they're coming back. All that new growth is covered with leaf miner. So maybe I should get some spinosad and put it in my (laughs) cupboard. And leave it. Well, you know, funny, because we we joke about when you bring a product home, you have to use it, right? You can't lay it out. Allegedly. I sent you that picture the other day. We had a, a, a container of Sluggo Plus in our vegetable garden. And it had a big brown garden snail on the container, yeah, just hanging it. out. But yeah. on the outside, on the right? outside, because yeah. we hadn't we hadn't poured it out, and it wanted to read the label and see if this is toxic to snails. <laughs> you have to deploy it. You can't just. I, sit I it need in the to garden. do it because they're doing a lot of damage to my citrus, and I was so happy for so long because we it was late the citrus leaf miner, and it's really relatively innocuous. It's. It's aesthetics. It makes your trees look bad, and right, it doesn't really right. kill them. It just makes them look like it, it can reduce the production on a, on a very young, yeah. young tree. But I agree with you; it's cosmetic otherwise. Uh, but there are some others. Yeah, there's a new one. What's the new the one? The towel fly. The towel fly. It's a it looks like a bee actually, but it, and they just they just put a quarantine. You may have seen it in the news up in uh, Castaic, right? In that area, Santa Clarita Valley. Santa Clarita, in that uh, area. That area. Yeah. They found twenty adult flies in some of the traps, which means there's a there's there were more than twenty, plenty around. Yeah. Right, and they they attack um, vegetables, a lot of vegetables, and citrus, and, and citrus. But vegetables, I think, is the big one people are concerned about right now. Well, whatever makes them most concerned to want to try and treat it. Is that it? Are you done with the towel fly? Well, I, I, I was, was going to say it so does, much it, more I was, was going to tell you, so a lot of vegetables, melons, okra, peppers, papayas, 
And as you mentioned, citrus, pumpkins, avocados, which could be problematic here, gourds. Well, fortunately, Santa Clarita is kind of a... Closed-in little yes, valley. and so yeah. they, they should be able to control it fairly quickly. They got the... Was it Medfly that they just ended the quarantine for? I believe so. And now we have the towel fly and the black fig fly, which... I hope About you all understand. three weeks ago was not a problem. It was not a problem <laughs> until David found it at his house in significant quantities. Now it's a real... It's an issue. Yes, it's an issue. Yep. And we need to, to address it. There's there's another one too, isn't there? Or is that it? That's the only one I can recall. Asian citrus psyllid. The psyllid, the tau fly, and the BFF, which is not your best friend forever. The black fig fly. Are you sure? I am positive. How can you be so sure? <laughs> um I brought you, well, there's other pests that are a little bit more overt, I would say. Uh, yes. You had a little incident. I have, it's funny, I've taken care of the majority of the squirrels that I was dealing with, and I'm still not getting the fruit because there's other things that are taking it, rats on the mulberries. And um, you had something, didn't you tell me you had an army, an armada? Of, of squirrels? Of squirrels. I saw, I, I think it was nine, seven or nine that bolted when I made a noise in the yard the other day. And that, and that was just in one spot. I still saw the others on the other side that I didn't do a count. We had a gentleman. They're mocking me. I mean, I'm, I'm slowly winning winning that, but slowly. But you know, they, they you are know mocking how, me. Do you know why that is? Why is that? That is because when I was over visiting and walking th- you walking brought some your of yard, yours? <laughs> no, I was counseling them. Until okay. I, I said, you know, he's... Getting a little, little high on himself. You ought to bring him down a notch. And so, so they that's, went out to the hood and brought all their friends yes, over. I yes. see. Okay. The, the squirrels to you are the gophers to Caddyshack. That's the. Well, up until recently, I thought we were just running a squirrel sanctuary. I think they're just coming there. Feeding You're going to need yes. what? Feeding them all. Yeah. Yes. You're going to need to make a squirrel squirrel skin cap <laughs> like Daniel Daniel Boone. There we um, go. We had a customer come in yesterday with a rose, and it was chewed all the way to the surface. The all the roots were gone, and the stem, the the trunk, the neck of the rose had been gnawed off. About an inch in diameter had just been eaten away by by gophers, and he was bummed because it was a he had planted some memorial roses for his mom when his mom passed, and this was one of them. There were a couple of little tiny roots and knobs to the edge and I cut it way back and suggested he soak it and try it. It might, there was a little bit of root and it might come back, but he was shocked that gophers would, would do that. And I'm, I was reminded of uh, Pete's citrus tree that probably had a six or eight inch diameter trunk that had been gnawed to, to the surface from, from below. It's Cray, 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 crazy. If you would like to give us a call, the number here is 888-344-1170. You're listening to Garden Talk on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. 
That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. And we are back with more Garden Talk here on AM 1170, KCBQ and KPRZ. I am David Ross along with Mark Mahady and George Allman. Ken has the day off. And that's not Herb Alpert nor the Tijuana Brass. That's B.J. Thomas, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure we're, we're, we're all on board. If you would like to give us a call, the number here is 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. We will give serious consideration to taking your call. <laughs> and we will <laughs> go to the phones. Oh, that's going to be me. And I have to find a little cursor and hit this button and say, Hey, Kevin, good morning. Good morning, David. Thanks for taking my call. Well, I saw it was you, and I thought about not taking it, but I figured, ah, what the heck. You're a good guy. You you are Kevin Grangetto from Grangetto's uh, Farm and Garden Supply, right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's where I work. But you you work at at Walter Anderson Nursery. You are correct. Well, some people say I just go there. Work has a specific meaning, Kevin. I, yeah, no, I was. I was just. I had to say that. That's what the teleprompter said. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that very much. You know, I was thinking about this last night before we get to the plumeria thing. That the reason you really wanted to call. Did you? <laughs> did you start with the farm and then start with farm and garden supply and then go to yeah. Grangetto's to to serve a need that you found? Or did and, uh, you, how did how did Grangetto's farms farming. get started? Oh my dad. That- that was my dad. So my dad started it. He moved here, gosh, 1913, when he was like one year old in Escondido. Our old branch was where uh, Costco in San Marcos is. So we had 35 acres there, and he started that, I want to say in the early 20s, late 30s. So we had, the, we had Prohibition, because it was all vineyards in those days in Escondido. And then Prohibition kind of put a, a damper on that. But then they started planting citrus. And that was the, really the first farm was there in San Marcos, 35 acres. We sold that off as the tree started to decline and then moved over to where we are now. We have about 80 acres here in Escondido by the Safari Park. That's where we have the avocados and the lemons and the quarter-acre wine grapes. Going back to our roots, you know? Well, so the avocado trees that are west, up on the hillside at the west of the yeah. Safari Park, are, are those yours? No, we're we're a little bit. That's a different ranch. Um, we're over off the Mountain View, what okay. they call the Hogback. So, no, we love we love to have you broadcast live from here. Well, when when there's some ripe fruit, you let me know. And it, it, <laughs> if you have if you have fig fly free figs, I'd be. I, might I don't be, have any figs. Okay, I don't have. But we got everything. Everything else we got. You know, don't forget the <laughs> bottle of wine I brought for you last week. George said he make sure you get it. What? 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 Yeah. What wine? George said he was going to give it to you. You didn't get it? (laughs) Man, you are a troublemaker. Oh, looks like we dropped the call. Um, So when did did Grand Jettos start? When did the the farm garden supply start? Oh, that started in 1952. So we're um, celebrating our 73rd anniversary shortly. But yeah, my dad um, started in Escondido. Um, it was called Grangetto's Agricultural Supply there on Mission Avenue. And, uh, yeah, we've been going ever since. So, thankfully, I have a job. Well, well well done. And I hear that lemons may not be the best farm product to be growing right now. Is that correct? No, no. Oh, true. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the area where we used to have 
lemons. We had 15 acres. Now we're down to 10 because we took five acres out. And it's just bare ground now because, yeah, the lemons are just uh, not economically viable. It's just, I mean, they're doing the same thing in Ventura. They're taking lemons out there because there's just so many imports and, you know, economics are such that we can't uh, to grow it and make any kind of a margin. Well, I apologize to you. I planted three lemon trees at my house, and I'm going to make it worse for you now. Oh, no, no. They, they're going to be offline for a couple of years before they come into production. But I know. It might be a window of opportunity for you. Yes, <laughs> yes. So you've got something going on a week from today, correct? That's right, right. We, had, we asked uh, Mike Atkinson of Atkinson Plumeria to come up and give us everything you want to know about plumerias, but we're afraid to ask. And so he's going to do that next Saturday at the Escondido location uh, from 9 to 11. And, uh, you know, the guy, he, he knows more about plumerias than anybody I know. And he's going to educate everybody on how to grow them, how to maintain them. I think his wife might be making a layer or two. And you have to be the requirement for you to come is you have to wear a Hawaiian attire. <laughs> and Very you, good. I heard you with the limbo in George. Um, is that true? Yeah, you have to do a limbo as well. Yeah, I think well, I, I won the one in, in Poway when we did it. Well, George can win the limbo standing <laughs> up. That's not fair. <laughs> hey, well, just I mean, have, a, have a lot of chairs because Mike brings a, a huge following. He did one in our store uh, not too long ago and then in the San Diego store, and he, he just has a great crowd that likes to follow him to his classes. And as you said, I think, I think Mike's probably forgot more about plumerias than I know. Absolutely. I mean, he's going he's gonna to share his Hawaiian love song with us. Um, he's going to, it's, you know, it's also David Ross Day at Grand Jettos because um, in honor of David Ross's anniversary. So, you know. Oh, that's right. Maybe, maybe we should, everybody, everybody should dress like David Ross. Oh, gosh, no, 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 no. Kevin, Kevin, no. Uh, I appreciate the thought, but I don't think the town could take it. No, I'm not. I'm not working here. today, but I think I may go in and and dress like David Ross just to go in that <laughs> oh, way yeah, for, that, for yeah, the have a, no. have an assistant manager who did that for Halloween, and it took me a minute before I realized what I was looking at. Yeah, I, actually, she pulled it off. It was it was very well done. <laughs> All right, so Mike Atkinson, the guy who does the Mike. fantastic plumeria classes at Walter Anderson Nursery, is going to be at Grangetto's. On mission in Escondido, one week from today at what time? Nine o'clock, and it goes to eleven. So, first come, first server. Only about seventy-five people all we can hold, but we'd love to have you out. And uh, at some point, we're going to get you to the farm, David. All right, we've talked about it, and I'll I'll tell I you. I, I saw the picture of the avocados you just sent me. I'll tell you about yeah. my my quick. Uh, uh, descent out of my avocado tree a few weeks ago but i seem to be not much worse for wear what happened did you not use a ladder again no 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 <laughs> people my age don't belong on ladders kevin and and the oh. sprinklers were on and so when i got on the ladder it started sinking to one side and i thought this is foolish for me to be up at the top of the ladder did, so you, did I, you pause and say this is dangerous i should i did i, I got out steps not to and hurt I couldn't, myself i couldn't use the picker under the tree because the sprinkler was on so i did the smart thing and I climbed the tree, Kevin, and awesome. uh, I violated some like, of my rules, and I stepped on a branch that wasn't able to hold my weight. And the next thing you know, you're on the ground? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, the, and the, fall, the fall, Kevin, was fine. He wasn't hurt at all, but the landing is what did it. Actually, the landing, I yeah. stuck the landing. I landed square, flat on my back, and hit oh. nothing hard. No, no, I mean, it, it dispersed the energy, I think, as... Uh-huh. as 
much as it could have been done. The sudden deceleration large, sickness. The large branch about two feet off or three feet off the ground that broke my fall may have done the most damage, but I seem to be fine. That's amazing. Well, at least it didn't land on your head. <laughs> well, I, my mom would have said it would have knocked some sense into me, or where there's no sense, there's no feeling. Well, I hope everybody comes out there, and I don't think we'll see you next Saturday, but you never know who will pop into Grand Jettos in Escondido, do you? Thanks. No, you never know. And I have avocados for you and George, so that will go with a wine bottle. All right. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> I'll for... return that bottle so we can refill it. That's right. Yeah. A, a growler. <laughs> there we a go. A wine growler. Thanks for calling in, Kevin. All right. Take care, take guys. Care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, oops. I want to hit that button. Nope. I want to hit that button. There we go. I'm really good at this. Um, oh, Kevin, stay on. Keep listening because Andy in El Cajon has avocado questions and maybe you can answer it for him. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. So the reason for my call is in 2015, I was stopping at that um, that fruit stand that's at the southeast corner of Interstate 15 and 76, and they had an avocado called a Anaheim, which looked like the largest cast you've ever seen times two. So I, grapefruit and everything, so I took the seed and I planted it. Now I have this beautiful tree that two years in a row I had flowers and little fruit, but it just never stayed on. So my question to you is, and I've heard from a lot of people, you just can't grow avocados from seed. Do you think I should wait another year or go ahead and get the ax to it? No, I'd wait. I You can grow avocados from seed. You just don't know what you're going to get. It doesn't come yeah. true to seed. So you're uh, not going to, you, you most likely will not have an Anaheim once it fruits. I have two three seedlings that grew up under my Haas avocado tree that I never did anything with that are producing fruit. And they're different. They're smooth-skinned. One is a dark smooth-skin. One is a light smooth-skin. They're both good avocados. They One ripens earlier than the Haas. One ripens about the same time. One's enormous and one's just large. So stick with it if you want. The Downside is they tend to be very vigorous, upright growers. You might want to top it to try and keep some of the fruit down to where you can get it. And this next year, make sure you keep up with water, mulch it, and try and nurse that fruit to to harvest. Yeah, it's, it's flanked. It's flanked by two uh, Carmen Hass, and those are doing. Those are producing okay. It's just this one here. It just. It, it starts good, it looks good, and then at the end, all the flowers just fall off and nothing happens. So, yeah, I'll give it another shot and see what happens. I would. It could be the next greatest avocado ever, and we'll call it the Andy El Cajon avocado, and you'll make there. millions off of the royalties. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I just wanted to add something else. Um, your story about falling out of the avocado tree. <laughs> yeah. A long time ago, a guy asked me if I would could come out and, and top his... Norfolk Island pine. Oh, so climbed up it, cut the top out, and when I was stepping down, I stepped a little back further on one, and I snapped just like in cartoons. I snapped every single branch and landed flat <laughs> on my back, about twenty feet. And my wife and my and some other people were standing there in horror, and I just couldn't believe it. I landed on my back and I got up and I just started laughing. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh... A little stunned, and then my watch started saying, you seem to have suffered a fall. Would you like me to summon emergency services? But I didn't need to summon emergency services, but it was nice that 
My but phone was watching out for me. At least somebody cared for you. Well, I don't know that she cares. Thanks for the call, Andy. All right. Take care. If you would like to give us a call, the number is 888-344-1170. We're going to take one last break, and Mike, we'll be back to you right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. And we are back with Garden Talk here on AM 1170, KCBQ, and KPRZ. If you have a question, give us a call at 888-344-1170. Right now, I think we will go to the phones and talk to Mike, who also has an avocado question. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. How are you doing today? So far, so good, but they can turn on us at any moment. What's what's going on with your aguacate? I got a couple questions. First, the uh, Kona avocado tree that I got from you three years ago, it's loaded with avocados. This is the first uh, year that it's put out, and it's loaded and from what I recall, you said they all come ripe at once. And I want to know how big do they usually get before I can start picking them? Or how do I tell when they're ready and ripe to pick? Well, usually, I, first of all, I've never had a Kona before. I killed mine so before oh. I got to the fruiting portion. Um, but usually the, the appearance of the avocado is going to change. And it's going to go from a glossy color to a, a duller color. And frequently at the bottom end of the of the fruit, you'll see tiny little brown flecks on them. Um, and at that point, I would pick one, and then I would take it in and wait and make sure that it ripens well um, and that it's good. And I would do that every week or two until you know that they're ripe. And I don't know how long Kona holds on the tree. One of my favorite reasons for or one of my favorite things about Haas avocados is they hold on the tree so long and I'm still harvesting uh, Haas that probably Kevin took all of his off three or four or five months ago and you can just take a few as you need them and then let them store on the tree they get better and better the longer they're on the tree until eventually they'll start to turn black on the tree and drop Uh, but that usually doesn't happen until August September what what month are we in now I August. think we're in August. August. Yeah. So, how long is the? How big are the fruit right now? Um, they're kind of small, um, maybe between a softball and a golf ball. Oh, I, I would leave them on longer. But what is the ripening season on Kona? Did well, you? I don't know. I didn't look, but it, I know that it is a smaller avocado. I mean, it's okay. usually I think smaller than eight ounces. And is that from this year's flowers or from last year's flowers? From this year's. Then it's probably they're probably not ready yet. I'd leave them on longer. Um, okay. But if you if you think they have dulled, if you think they have right that they, they might be, they pick one, yeah, pick exactly. one, and let it sit. If there's if it's not ripe, if it doesn't have the proper oil content, the the it will shrivel on the counter rather than just soften. 
Oh, okay. It wouldn't hurt to pick one, but I, I think it might not be ready yet. So I, they, well, don't, they don't get as big as a Haas. The, yeah, everything I've read said that they're typically around eight, but you, they can be sometimes between eight and 16 ounces, but typically they're going to be the smaller size. Okay. I, I had one as well, but it's on my rental property and it was not cared for and it doesn't exist. So I haven't had the opportunity to go over and harvest anything. So I'm actually excited for you that you got one, you have one growing because it is supposed to be one of the world's best avocados. All right. Well, I'm going to, you know, keep listening for the next 10 minutes and, uh, well, three minutes and we'll have George look up the ripening season. I, I'm shocked that he hasn't done so um, <laughs> yet, but we'll, we'll still try and get you that answer, but pick one, let it ripen and see what happens. Okay. All right, the other question I have is, uh, real quick, my Haas avocado tree, it put out a great number of avocados this year, but the branches, some of the branches are like very close to the ground. Don't stand on them. Oh, if they're close to the ground, you can fall from there. Trim them, trim them up so that they're not touching the ground. Okay. And when do you trim them after the, all the fruits go? Well, when the, when the foliage is not protecting the fruit. Okay. If there if there's no foli- if there's no fruit that that foliage is protecting, you can do it right now. And I just found on a website it says they ripen November to January, so you're probably a little premature there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for the information. Listen to you every Saturday. Thanks. Thanks very much. Thanks for the call. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. I can't believe it. it took me one minute, George. That's right Did you in your wheelhouse. Go to anything wheelhouse. reputable or like Tony's blog on no, gardens? No, it's okay. it's uh, uh, four wins. Okay, I I accept that. Okay, Mark, are you as surprised at uh, at George's lack of? Well, knowing to, I'm not. No, he's 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 doing a lot of things over there. He's doing a lot of things over here. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of things <laughs> over here. Exactly. Yeah, I. <laughs> I had to trim that branch I brought down to the ground so that it wasn't touching the ground anymore. But <laughs> that is a constant battle, I guess, to keep citrus and avocados, keep their leaves up off the ground because they want to grow as a big bush. Right. And you don't want any extra avenues for vermin to get up into the tree. So Correct. keeping them trimmed up to where the foliage is not touching the ground. And then I also give consideration to if that branch produces flowers next year, will it be touching the ground and then maybe take it off even if it isn't touching the ground? What did you just come up with? I'm, I'm listening to you. Why would you do that? Because when I go home, sometimes I'll Im- implement some of the things I learned here so I have a better Seriously? garden. Seriously? Mark, do you implement anything when you go home? Uh, not really. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, I like to listen. Aw, that's so sweet. Um, I want to go back to the plumeria thing at Grand Jettos and plumerias because this is July and August are, the, I think, the best months of the year to do cuttings, to start your cuttings because the soil is warm, the air is warm, um, right. and we've had a lot of people asking about that. I've dealt with quite a few people just this week that were trimming plumerias and wanting to, to do them. I like to do them in terracotta pots because they breathe and they have the extra weight to hold the plant down and it won't keep them too too wet. Have you done any, either of you done any plumeria cuttings? I, I have. I, I have. Yeah. Did you use cactus mix or citrus mix or none of the above? I Neither typically the use above. the citrus mix, citrus, yep. citrus and palm. That's it, what it, I, you know, that's, yeah, what I've the, used. The label actually says, you know, for tropical plants. And Does it? And it seems to work that way. Does it list plumeria on there? 
It says tropical plants. Even if they look you want even if the drains well is what you want. Yeah. And even if the cuttings look bad and are starting to get shrivelly, as long as they're not mushy. rotted, yeah. mushy, right. they right. they would root out. I would think very very quickly. They are enjoying the weather right now. Exactly. So real quick, Kona Sharwell from the University of California Riverside avocado information. It says that the Kona Sharwell is a Guatemalan Mexican mix from Australia. It's commercially grown in Hawaii. Fruit shape is oval or pear. Very easy to tell when it is ready. It is soft. On the plant? On the plant. Soft and ready to use. Very easy to tell. Yeah. Now you you come up with that. Old fruit can remain on the tree until the new crop is ready to begin picking. And it stores well. Leave it on the tree. It stores well. Classes? We have classes at uh, San Diego 9 o'clock, Staghorn Remounting with Olivia. And in Poway, we have bees with the Vice President of San Diego Beekeeping Society, Denise. You have been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. Auto Talk is up next with a beautiful live show. Have a great weekend, and thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.